0: In 2 Chronicles 32, we'll begin today in uh, uh, verse 20 and kind of recap a little bit of last week that we read about and then we'll move on to the rest of that chapter. But uh, today's lesson is titled this, and this came to me last night when I was thinking about a few things that we need to say and and maybe need to point out through these verses. But today's title uh, is going to be called Remember How We Got Here. Remember how we got here and you'll see how that played out in the life of hezekiah here momentarily but let's pray over god's word today and pray and ask his blessing upon it pray that we'll be blessed that we'll be able to understand what he wants to show us today through his word amen lord we come to you today in jesus name we give you thanks for your goodness and mercy to us we thank you lord for jesus we thank you for our salvation through him And we thank you, Lord, for this lesson we'll read today, God, about the life of Hezekiah. And as it was mentioned momentarily ago, maybe the most important thing we draw from Hezekiah's life will be today's lesson. So, Lord, we pray for eyes that see and ears that hear. And above all, Lord, the hearts that will understand what your word says to us today. Give us now the ability to be your mouthpiece today, God, and speak your word unto these thy people. In Jesus' name, amen. So remember how we got here. How many knows that's an important life lesson for everybody, really? But we're going to see that that even plays out in the life of a Christian when we're talking about serving the Lord. We need to remember how we got to the point we're at. Amen. So remember how we got here. So in 2 Chronicles 32, let's read a couple verses. We'll talk a little bit about them and we'll move along. So 2 Chronicles 32, verse 20. Now remember that that they had threatened uh, Hezekiah and threatened to... uh, uh, destroy Judah, threaten to destroy Jerusalem, threaten to destroy destroy everything. And remember that they had prayed and cried out to God. Hezekiah and Isaiah had prayed and cried out to God, please deliver us from the hand of Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, because there's too many of them for us to defeat. And that's just gonna recap what we, what we talked about last week, the finishing of the story. So verse 20 says, now because of this king Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every man, a mighty man of valor, leader and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with the sword there. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and guided them on every side. Or some Bibles will say that gave them peace on every, every side. In verse 23, says, And many brought gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem, and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations thereafter." Now, we learned there in verses 20 and 21 that it's just a brief description of what 2 Kings 19 talked about, and that's where we read that story last week. But just as a recap, the Lord delivered Hezekiah and all of Judah because of the prayers of Isaiah and Hezekiah. It says, because you've prayed, because they lifted up their voice, and they." we talked about it last week, call upon the name of the Lord in our distresses, amen? And so that's what they had done. So in that case, and the reason that uh, that they prayed and why God did this was he said there was 185,000 Assyrian troops died mysteriously in one night. You talk about getting somebody's attention. You've got 185,000 troops encamped around a city that you know you can take with just little or no trouble and the next thing you wake up the next morning and all 185,000 mighty men of valor, the captains and everybody laying dead. You would have to realize that you've messed with the wrong group of people. And exactly the main thing is you would messed with the wrong God this time. Amen. <laughs> Remember Sennacherib, he'd been making the boast. There's no other God of any other people that's been able to stop me. But he'd never dealt with the Lord before. Amen. And so that's what happened there. So then after that, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, he was assassinated by his own sons, worshiping in his own temple. Man, that's, he should have just left well enough alone and left Judah alone, hadn't he? But God had foretold this through the prophet Isaiah, that this is what happened. He'll never shoot an arrow here in Jerusalem. He won't build a siege wall against it, but he'll turn and I'm going to lead him back by the way he came and he will come to naught. And that's what happened. So the Lord brought complete deliverance to Judah in Jerusalem. Then in verses 22 there, uh, there in 22 and 23, we learned that not only was Assyria defeated, but all other nations heard what happened and they left Hezekiah and Judah alone. That place at that time was a hotbed of fighting and conflict and this big nation, Egypt was wanting to take them. And Assyria was wanting to take them. And then now Babylon's starting to make a little noise over farther away. And it was just a constant turmoil there in the land of Judah and Israel. Big nations wanting to take them over. But when they heard about this, everybody left them alone and said, man, the Assyrians, they were pretty bad news. And they got run out of town on a rail. Amen. The leaders of other nations even brought gifts, it said there, to the Lord at Jerusalem and presents for King Hezekiah and that Hezekiah was exalted in the salt and the sight of all nations. What a turnaround that was. Remember what we read last week? He took the letters that Shennacherib had wrote about how he was going to do this, this, and that. And nobody could stop him. It says that Hezekiah took it and laid it on the altar out before the Lord And he prayed earnestly to the Lord for deliverance. Now you flip it around, one day or two days difference, and you see all that has happened, how God had delivered them. And now Hezekiah is exalted in the sight of all nations. Amen? Verse 24, we read about an interesting event. Everything's going to go good now, right? We've won a great victory. People's bringing riches and goods and things and honoring the Lord and they're honoring Hezekiah. And Hezekiah's been 14 years doing exactly the right thing. Guess what happens? Let's look at that. Verse 24. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death and he prayed to the Lord and he spoke to him and gave him a sign. And I'm going to stop right there for a moment because 2 Chronicles doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the actual story of what happened there, but 2 Kings does and I'll just give you a brief overview. At the age of 39, Hezekiah's life was ready to end. It says that he came to be king at 25, and then 14 years is when this deal with Shennacherib happened, and it says right immediately after that, he got sick and was going to die. That's pretty young, isn't it? Especially for somebody that done everything the right way. 39 years old. He became sickened to death. 2 Kings and 20 is a mirror of this story if you'd like to read it for yourself later. 2 Kings 20 will tell you this part and I'm just going to give you an overview. It tells us there that Hezekiah had some type of infectious boil that was incurable. <clears throat> he had some type of a boil come up it was incurable. Isaiah came and told him, get your house in order, you're going you're gonna to die, you're not going to live, Hezekiah. And I want you to think about something. I went back and just something the Lord drew out in my attention and I just went and looked back just in doing the math here in the scriptures. His father, Hezekiah's father and grandfather both died very young. So I don't know if there was something genetic going on in, 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 in their lives or whatever, but they were dying young. Isaiah told Hezekiah to set his house in order because he was going to die. This was no doubt a terrifying thing to Hezekiah and Ahaz, his father, died at the age of 36. That's even younger than 39. And his grandfather Jotham died at the age of 41 if you do the math according to the scriptures. So his father died young. And his grandfather died young. And now he's 39 and Isaiah the prophet who who, a word that Isaiah said never fell to the ground. What Isaiah said was what the Lord said and the Lord did it, amen? And Isaiah came and told him, Hezekiah, I'm sorry, it's over. Set your house in order. This is the end for you. Hezekiah, the Bible tells us there that he turned and faced the wall and he prayed and sought the Lord. And if you go over into the book of Isaiah and read this account, it even gives a more detailed description of what he prayed. Hallelujah. But he didn't want to die yet, did he? Would you want to die at the age of 39? If somebody walked up to us at the age of 39 and we'd walked with the Lord and lived for the Lord and done all this good and seen all this deliverance and all of a sudden we realize at the age of 39 it's over. We'd cry out to the Lord too, wouldn't we? We'd want deliverance. Lord, I... No, I don't want to die. It's too young, right? And he prayed and just as an overview, he says, Lord, remember how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your eyes. We see that over in 2 Kings. Then the Bible says that before Isaiah could even make it out of the building, and I want you to think about this. This is how quick the Lord answered Hezekiah's prayer. Isaiah comes in, and he tells him, he's sick, he's probably laying in a bed, he's about to die. Isaiah comes in and says, get your house in order, you're not going to live. This infectious boy, whatever it was, it's going to kill you. And it says that he turned and faced the wall and he prayed and he sought the Lord once again. So after Isaiah had given him that message, I guess there was nothing left to be said. So he leaves. Before it says he could leave the inner court. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah and he said, I want you to go back and tell Hezekiah something. I've heard his prayer and I'm going to spare his life and I'm going to give him 15 more years. When you call upon the Lord, it may just be that he'll answer it instantaneously. We always talk about the prayer. Sometimes we have to wait for years for to get an answer. But in this case right here, Hezekiah got a pretty instant answer, didn't he? Before Isaiah could leave the building, the Lord said, you know what? I've heard what you said. And I'm going to perform a miracle in your life. And I'm going to spare you of this deadly disease. And I'm going to give you 15 more years because you've asked me and because you've prayed. Amen. Amen. God gave Hezekiah a sign that he was going to perform this miracle. Now, they had a thing back in those days called a sundial, which was a form of a clock. And they used numbers on it, and it caught the shadow of the sun a certain way. And wherever the shadow was at, you knew about what time of day it was, and that's how they used it. And as the first part of the day, the shadow would go one direction, and when it, the sun would be over here, then it would start to go a different direction. Okay, And God gave him a sign. He said, "I want. I'm going to make the sundial, the shadow on this sundial, go backwards 10 degrees how does that happen that means god made the sun stand still in the sky and not only that move backwards god will move heaven and earth for his children who cry out to him amen amen and god said because you see this sign that's going to be the sign you know that i am going to heal you and that you're going to get 15 more years hallelujah So the sun backed up in the sky. I want you to think about that. That's no small miracle. Isaiah told him then to put a lump of figs on the bowl and Hezekiah was healed. Wow, what a miracle. What a mighty God we serve. What a good and merciful God we serve. That he spared Hezekiah's life. Verse 25 and 26. Here's where we get to the meat of our lesson today. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. He and the inhabitants of Jerusalem So that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. It is so easy in the midst of great victories to be lifted up. People were bringing him presents and gifts and honoring the Lord. And they had peace on every side. Nobody wanted to make war with them anymore. He'd just been healed of this deadly disease. Be very easy, wouldn't it? Get a little bit prideful and think, "Well, I really am something, aren't I? The Lord's blessed me a coming and going. Everything I do seems to be blessed." But Hezekiah forgot how he made it to where he was at. He became lifted up in pride, along with the people of Jerusalem. During this time, he also he unknowingly entertained spies from Babylon, to which or to whom he showed all his treasuries and accomplishments. Pride will make us do things that are completely foolish. He should have never showed those Babylonian envoys, which turns out they were just spies. Should have never shown them all his goods and all his secrets and all his treasuries and all that stuff. Wasn't a good idea. But he did it. And the Lord was angry at Hezekiah for this and was ready to punish him for it. What does the Bible say right there in verse 25? Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown to him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. God had said, I'm not happy with this. And God was just about ready to punish Hezekiah for the pride of his heart. That's humbling, isn't it? Hezekiah is one of my heroes in the Bible but this doesn't make him not my hero because it makes me realize he's a man just like me and he needed forgiveness and he needed to be reminded where he came from. He needed to be reminded how he got where he was at. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. All we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hezekiah was no different, but praise God. He repented. Amen. And the Lord said, I'm not going to bring this wrath upon you in your days. You see, repentance is a powerful thing. Repentance can turn the wrath of God that's ready to take hold in your life. And it can turn it away. And God will say, I remove it. And this is the Old Testament. How much more so for those who believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thankfully, Hezekiah repented and humbled himself along with all the people of Jerusalem and Judah and disaster was avoided. Hey, if your king had done all those things, you'd be proud of him too, right? Hey, that's my king. Praise the Lord, Hezekiah, he's the man. But he failed just like all men fail and he forgot how he got where he was at. Amen. Pride has been the downfall of many, many, many people throughout the years. You know, we're tempted with a lot of things. Everybody's tempted with different things. But every one of us are tempted with pride. You know, pride was the original sin. That's what caused Lucifer to fall. He thought that he could do God's job better than God. So pride's been the downfall of so many was the downfall of Lucifer. Pride was the downfall of the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, right? Why did God tell them? And he had to give them a warning. When you get to the land which you're going to, don't forget about me. God don't want us to forget that it's him who brought us where we're at. It was the downfall of King David on a couple occasions. He got proud and wanted the number of the people so he'd know how many people was under him. God was very angry. Here in today's text, we learn that pride almost destroyed all the good that Hezekiah had done. Almost. Had he not repented, it would have, and people would not remember all the good that he did. They'd only remember the bad. Thank God we're able to repent. And if we're not careful, pride will destroy you and I as well. We need to remember how we got here. Were any of us good enough to save ourselves? Oh, no. Are any of us good enough to keep ourselves saved? Oh, no. So we must remain humble and use this example of Hezekiah's life for us to remember we didn't get here by ourselves. We had a helper. His name's Jesus. He died for our sins. Amen. There are so many Christians who forget how they were able to be saved and have a relationship with God. They forget that it was at the foot of the cross where they pleaded for mercy and forgiveness. Like Hezekiah, who forgot about when he pleaded with the Lord at the temple for deliverance, many Christians have forgotten that without the Lord's help, we are nothing. Can't you see, I always wondered, and the Lord showed me so so clearly this week, finally, after all of my life, wondering, Lord, it seemed like you was a little bit harsh on Hezekiah. He'd done so much good, and this one little mistake he made, why were you so angry? In my mind, that's the question sometimes I ask. But the Lord showed me this week why he was so angry. It's because Hezekiah and the people of Judah, they forgot that just days, maybe a few weeks prior to all this, it was them who was on their knees at the altar in the temple spreading out the bad news from Sennacherib, saying, God, what are we going to do? There's a lot of Christians who do the same thing. You don't have to talk to them very long to realize they're eat alive with pride because all they can talk about is themselves and what they did and what they accomplished. But the true heart of a Christian, well, I testify to you that it's about Christ and him alone. There's nothing good in me except what Christ has put there. And if there's bad in me, it's because it's my fault. Amen. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. There's no other way we come to a relationship with God than through that. Whatever I accomplish in life is because God enabled me and because He was merciful to me. I hear so many, a lot of times, preachers. They lived like the devil before they got saved. They turn around and they get saved and all of a sudden now they're condemning everybody for living the life they used to live. And they forgot that it was mercy that got them there. And they have no mercy for anybody else. Everything they speak is negativity. Everything they speak is condemnation. They need to wake up today and realize how they got where they're at. I told Michelle yesterday. I said, I look back at my life and I said, I don't know why God called me to be a minister. I'm not good enough. I know the things I wrestle with in my mind even to this day. And it amazes me that God called me. I can't lay claim to that myself. I'm not good enough. But Christ is good enough. He's good enough for me and he's good enough for you. And he saved you from your sins. And he'll keep you saved. Because he says, I'll walk with you. You've been reborn. We got this crazy old earthly mind still that just wants to wrestle with sin and wrestle with things that shouldn't. Just like Hezekiah. But how did we get here? How did I get to a relationship with the Almighty? It was through His Son and His shed blood and broken body. Amen? Amen. Amen. May we never forget where we came from and how we got here. There's people who try to teach people, well, you need to do this and I accomplished this because I did this and because I did that and because and because and because. I think they're about ready to bring wrath into their life just like Hezekiah was when they talked like that all the time. They need to learn to be quiet, be humble, and know that it was Jesus Christ and Him alone that brought us into good standing with God. I know people and I've heard stories, ministers, I don't know what was going on. I've said this before. I don't know what happened back in the 1980s when I was a kid. But there was all kinds of big time preachers, even big time preachers around here. They would get up and swell. They had built themselves up. They was really something. Just ask them and they'd tell you. And a whole bunch of them fell right on their face. Found out that they were sinning and doing all kinds of ungodly things. They forgot how they got in relationship with God. God can do great things through us. But it's because he chooses us. There's nothing good with us. And just one thing that will keep us humble, I've used this illustration before. Nebuchadnezzar, he was a bad guy. He was like Hitler before Hitler came along. He was a bad guy. But do you know God called him his servant? See, because he's going to do what I tell him to do. So if God can use an ungodly person like that to perform His will, and I can't get up here and brag about preaching His Word. It's His power in me. Amen. And it's His wisdom and His knowledge that He gives to me. It's nothing to do with me. Because I know me. I fail. I was praying to the Lord and telling Him last night, Lord, I fail You in so many ways. I know the thoughts that come in my head that nobody else knows. I know the thoughts that I wrestle with and the things that bother me. And I know the times of weakness of faith when I feel like I don't have any. I know I fail him. But hallelujah, he has never failed me, praise God. And he won't fail you. And that's why we have to be reminded, it's not about us. We're not good enough. It's about the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Verses 27 through 33, and we'll close with those. This just goes on to tell about all the riches and things he'd had and and just a brief overview. Verse 27, Hezekiah had very great riches and honor. He made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of desirable items. Storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock and folds, For flocks. Moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very much property. This same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of the upper Gihon and brought the water by tunnel to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all his works. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him, and in order to test him, that he might know all that was in his heart. That's the part where he had to realize that God was upset with him. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, indeed they are written in the visions of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Hezekiah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the upper tombs of the sons of David. And all Judah and, all, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem honored him at his death. Then Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. Hezekiah had to be reminded of why he was able to accomplish so much and have so many blessings. He found himself on thin ice with the Lord because his heart was lifted up in pride. It's a battle we all face. You ever watch sporting events? These guys, it cracks me up. Like, I'm, I, I played football, so I know a lot about how football works and all that. So I kind of, if I'm watching a game and you see a guy, he'll score a touchdown. Man, he'll cut a shine and he'll party and dance and he'll carry on. like and he's flexing his muscles like he's really bad and all that kind of stuff. Two or three plays later when he's on the field, some guy just lays him out. Sometimes they got to carry him off on a stretcher and you're like, okay, where's that guy that was doing all the flexing and he's the man, right? Pride is something every human being wrestles with. Christians wrestle with it. Amen. We like to in our minds. Sometimes we're real good at, as Christians. We're real good at keeping it at bay. We'll ponder it around in our mind, but we won't let it out. That doesn't mean it's not there. If we'll all be honest with ourselves and with the Lord and with each other, there's prideful thoughts come our way on a daily basis. You look at somebody and say, boy, I'm glad I ain't like that. That's a prideful thought. And we constantly have to remind ourselves, oh, Lord, that pride is always, it's always at the door trying trying to envelop us. So he had to be reminded. He found himself on thin ice with the Lord because his heart was lifted up. May this serve as a warning to us to remember how we got here. I told you my story. I know better than anybody I'm not good enough. Hallelujah. But he loves me. And everything I have is because he gave it to me. Amen. So may it serve as a reminder to remember how we got here so that we don't have to be humbled. Because here's the fact I'm going to give you. The Bible says God knows how to humble the proud. So they're going to be a humbling in one way or another. We can take his warnings and say, okay, I'll humble myself. Got to eat a little crow sometimes to humble yourself, right? Got to swallow that pride. And that's tough for us. But that's a whole lot easier than if the Lord has to humble you if the lord has to humble you you'll probably end up embarrassed so that everybody will see he wasn't all that so one way or another the humbling's coming let's humble ourselves like hezekiah did and avoid disaster in our life amen so we can either humble ourselves or be humbled by the lord and i wrote this in my notes just this morning trust me it's much easier for us to humble ourselves than when the lord has to do it for us amen And in closing, may we learn a valuable lesson from the life of Hezekiah. What a great man he was. He took a kingdom, we learned a few weeks ago, that was completely idolatrous. They had went as far away from the Lord as you could go. And he turned them around. And for 29 years, he led them the right way. He might have made a mistake or two here and there. Absolutely, he did. But if somebody wrote it down in a book for all the world to know, all our mistakes, I think we'd have more than just one or two. Amen? You believe that? If somebody wrote down all of our mistakes, would it just be one or two throughout the course of our life? No, it'd be quite a few, wouldn't it? So I'm glad that I didn't have to have mine written down in a book for everybody to read it. Amen? A lot of my stuff I like to keep secret. Right? I don't want nobody to know. I'll just be honest with you, right? So what a life he lived and what a good man he was. So let's learn a valuable lesson from his life. Let's remember how we got here. Remember that the Lord was with him and helped him. And then on that specific day when Shennacherib said, you can't stop me. I'm going to take this place over. Nobody can stop me. We have to remember that it was there at that altar where he spread that message before the Lord and said, Lord, we are no match against this great number of people. That's the same way as when we come to the cross of Jesus Christ when we got saved. I'm not good enough, Lord. I need you. Almost every person that I talk to who gets saved and that I've seen get saved in my life, being talking to them, they finally come to the place in their life I know I'm not good and I know I should do better, but I can't. Something is preventing me from being able to do what is right. I always end up doing what is wrong. And that's the very moment when somebody needs to accept Jesus Christ. Because in our weakness, his strength is made strong. Amen. So let us remember where we came from. Just like Hezekiah, down on his knees, there before the altar of the Lord. Lord, help us. We don't know what to do. May we remember that when we came to Jesus, we were sinners. If we came to Jesus and said we weren't sinners and we haven't come to him yet, because when you come to him, you realize you don't don't cut cut the mustard. Amen? So let's remember how we got here. It was not anything we did or we can do. These are facts today. The reason I have a relationship with God is not because what I did or what I can do it was through the grace given to me through Jesus. It's only through the shed blood and broken body of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that we're able to be saved. May we humble ourselves and not be lifted up in our hearts because of our accomplishments. Let us honor the Lord for His finished work on Calvary and always remember how we got here amen amen when i read the book of revelation you see people there in heaven already entered into forever worship right you hear them and the angels holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come there's a great worship going on in heaven already and you don't find anywhere where it says boy they was really good boy they really did a lot of good for the lord it says, we're here by the blood of the Lamb. It even says that the ones that had been received their crowns had done what? They had tossed them at the feet of the Lamb. Because they knew that's why they were there. Remember how we got here. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we've delivered this message today from the, the life of Hezekiah. Lord, we're thankful that we have uh, partaken of this study The last several weeks, we've learned all about the life of Hezekiah as it's written in the Bible. Lord, probably the greatest lesson we learned from him, we've learned many, but probably the greatest lesson we've learned is this one today, is that we need to repent when it comes time to repent. We need to humble ourselves, not be lifted up in pride, and may we always remember that it was at the foot of the cross where we saw Jesus. We saw spiritually the Son of God hanging on a cross for our sins. And whatever we accomplish from that day forward, it will always be because we came to that cross. And it will always be because of the blood of your dear son and his broken body. Oh, Father, we pray and ask you today, help us to be humble in our hearts. Lord, those thoughts, if we'll just be honest with you here today, those thoughts come on a daily basis. Sometimes that we're better than others. Or we're not as bad as somebody or whatever the case may be. And that's just simply pride. Trying to take foot, get a foothold in our life. Help us, Lord, to guard against it. Help us, Lord, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit when He says, Don't think that way. So, Lord, we just ask You to help us. We learn this great lesson today and we walk in it each and every day of our life. That we might remember how we got here. We only know You. We only have a relationship with You because Jesus extended His hand of mercy to us. And said, all that are willing to come, come. And Lord, we were able to come and we give you thanks for that today. Help us, God, as we go forward in life and go forward in helping others. Lord, we know uh, maybe we feel like some people does a little better than us and maybe not, others not as good. But Lord, help us to love everyone. And Lord, maybe those ones that don't seem to do as well as we, maybe we offer them mercy and tell them, I was right there where you were at one time. But the Lord will help you because he still helps us each and every day. So Father, above all things today, may you receive honor and glory in our lives. May we shine the light of Christ and be the salt of the earth. And may we always remember how we got here. We ask all these things today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.